concluding. Because walking with God begins with desire. To walk with God begins with desire. And, and you know what? The good news is that the desire is already there from God's part. God desires to walk with you. He desires for you to walk with him. Psalm 139 tells us that he knows your very thoughts. We've just been singing there about his incredible love for us, that he would surrender his life for us on that cross. God knows everything there is to know about everything. He created everything. He created you. He formed you in your mother's womb. You've got a history with him that you don't even know about yet. That, those are the marks of somebody who's madly in love with somebody else. They, they get to know everything about that other person. I know as much as I can about my wife. I love her. I want to know her better. And we grow in the knowledge of each other. God loves you. And he knows everything there is to know about you. And he wants you to walk with him. His desire is there. Walking with God begins with desire. So the desire is there from God's side. For us, we need to desire to, to know him, to want to be with him. Like the psalmist said, the, the one thing I've asked of the Lord, this, this I desire, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, to inquire of him in his temple. Our desire ought to be that we want to know God better, that we want to walk with him on a daily basis, live in his presence. In his presence is fullness of joy, at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. God is good. God is good. He can only do good to us, his children. He is always there for us. Jesus taught his disciples, he said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And, you know, I don't believe he's talking just about your finances, put your finances into the kingdom. And it's true that wherever you put your treasure, when you invest in something, that's where your affection's going to go. You know the old story of the, the, the hen, how, how, how the hen is a crucial participant in the full English breakfast, a crucial participant. They provide their eggs. But the pig, the pig is committed to the full English breakfast, Right? He's got, he's got skin in the game. God is committed to us. And Jesus said, where your treasure is, where you've committed to, there your heart will be also. In 1 Timothy 6, verse 17, it says, Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Sandy, you were sharing this morning, but God gives us richly all things. He gives us more than enough. He gives us everything we have need of. God gives us richly all things to enjoy. We can put our trust in him. James said that, that every good and every perfect gift comes from God. Everything we have, every good thing we have is by the grace of God. Every talent you've got, every bit of gifting you've got, the income you've got, whether, whether it is from social services or whether you're, whether you're a half-flyer in Canary Wharf, God is our provider. God provides for us. And Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Your treasure, my treasure, is, is not the thing, but it's the, the thing that I trust most to meet my need. It's not the thing. It's not the money. 
but it's the thing behind that that I trust in to meet my needs. You know, we, we as human beings, we, we're fairly complex beings, right? We've got many needs. We've got needs for security. We need physical and emotional and, and, and financial security. And when we're secure in these areas, we have peace. And just a bit of a side journey here. That is why Sandy and I are always saying, please listen to the counsel of God, which says, let everything be established by two or three witnesses. So many people say to us, I'm going to make this big decision. I'm making that big decision because I've got peace about it. Listen, if something meets the need to give you, a, say, a financial security in an area, you will have peace about it. On Friday, I had a meeting with my boss's boss to renew my contract. I heard they were only going to renew for three months. We had a meeting. She saw the light. She's renewed for six months. Praise God. But do you know what I felt? I felt so good afterwards. I wasn't stressed before it, but afterwards, I was, I was tired, and I realized, actually, I didn't realize it, but I was stressed, you know, because we all have needs, and, and, and they, are, they are valid needs. You do, we are complex beings. You have needs for security in your life, whether it's physical or, 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 or uh, economic or whatever it is, right, financial. And when those needs are met, we will have peace in our lives, right? But God says, but don't trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things. See, if the source of my security is in my bank account, I will esteem my riches of higher reward, in other words, of greater value than following God. Because just like that rich young ruler in the Gospels who came to Jesus and said, Lord, Lord, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Love your mother, you know, obey your mother and father, love the Lord your God, love your neighbor. And, and he turned to Jesus and he said, Lord, I've done all these things since I was a boy. And the Bible says that Jesus loved him and said to him, you do well. Now, one thing you lack, one thing you lack, go and sell what you have, give to the poor, and come and follow me. And the Bible says that this young rich ruler went away sad. He couldn't do it. He esteemed his riches of greater reward and of greater value than actually walking with Jesus on the earth. You know, when it comes to it, we will walk with God to a point in time when we, will, we can turn and follow our own heart. It depends where our heart is. Is God the source of my life? Is he the source of my security? Am I putting all my hope in him? You see, we're talking about this in context of walking with God. To walk with God means I trust in him for everything. There's no plan B. I have my plans. I get my vision and my plans, but they come from God, from seeking God. I don't have my own plan B. I'm following him. This thing has to work, right? So God is my source. And when life takes an unexpected turn, I just know it's just taking that unexpected turn in the right direction now. Because God is still my source. My bank account is not my source. Where my treasure is, there my heart will be also. God is my treasure. Because God is my source. I'm being selfish. God is my source. He is the one who provides for me. It's easy for me to take to draw down my salary and take the top 10% off and put it into to the offering because the, temp, the tithe belongs to the Lord. It's not mine. He gave me 100%. 
I still get to keep 90%. It's not mine. It's his. But he is my source. My, the money in my account isn't my source. It's not what's going to keep me. So, let's make sure that we... Well, not make sure. Sorry, that's, that's kind of putting law on us, isn't it? And we, There's no point trying to live under law. But let's, let's, let's judge ourselves. Let, let's, let's question ourselves. And, and let's just understand where is our treasure. Are we trusting things more than God? And if we are, that's okay. It really is. There is no law. There's no law, right? You're a child of God. You've been set free from the law. But all we do need to do is be honest with ourselves and honest with God and say, I want to go on this journey with you. I want to walk with you, but this is where I am. Like Jacob who wrestled with God until God blessed him. And God said, who are you? And he said, Jacob, deceive us a planter. And God said, cool. Now you recognize the truth about who you are. Now we can go on a journey together. Now your name will no longer be called Jacob, but you will be Israel, friend with God. And he could walk with God from that point on. But we have to come to a place of being honest about ourselves and knowing who we are. Isaiah 55 verse 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, are my thoughts than your thoughts. You know, God's thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts. God is the omniscient one, the omniscient one. In other words, he knows everything about everything because he created everything. There's nothing that was made that was made without him. God is omniscient. He knows everything about everything. And there is, and what he says is his thoughts are so much higher than ours. We can, and it's true. And we can never know everything that the omniscient one knows. But he has recorded his thoughts for us in this word. We can, we can record words that he wants us to know, that we need to know. They record it in this Bible for us. And we can search them out. We can find wisdom. Oh, Solomon in the book of Proverbs says, in all your, in all your getting, get wisdom. In all your getting, get understanding. Seek God. He's revealed so much to us through his word, far more than any human being can, can encompass anyway. Feed yourself, saturate yourself in his word. And he says, and my ways are so much higher than your ways. But, but those ways of God are not that they're so much Higher doesn't make them unattainable. He says they're just so much better. His ways are so much better than our ways. His ways are ways of justice and mercy and goodness and compassion and grace and goodness. God's ways are so much better than our ways. And walking with him starts with a desire to know him, a desire to be near him all of my life as close as I can get. And it starts with trust. It starts with trust. To walk with Him requires the degree of trust that I have today. The nearness that I have to God, the walk that I have with God is going to depend on how much I trust Him today. Psalm 20 verse 7, some trust in chariots and some on horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. I like that. We will remember the name of the Lord our God. Some people might put their trust in Tesla or Porsche or, or a house in the fancy suburbs. But, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. 
because it's God who has given me everything I've got. Everything I've got, God has given me the health, the, 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 the breath in my lungs, everything that I have, these incredible good looks. The, the, this, oh, come on, you guys smile, crack a smile, something, come on, wake up. <laughs> everything we have is of God. He is good to us. So let us remember the name of the Lord. Remember our maker. Remember the one who has blessed us and takes care of us. Psalm 18 verse 30 says, As for God, his way is perfect. His ways are higher than our ways. They are perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He's a shield to all who trust in him. You know what I was thinking when I read this? This was written by David. What, that was 3,000 years ago? Men have been walking with God for thousands of years, and he hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday and today and forever. And you know what? Every man throughout the ages that has walked with God comes to the same conclusion. He's good. He can't lie. His way is proven. He is a God of integrity. He's a God of honor and, and, and goodness. And he is a shield to all who trust in him. God wants to and will shield us from harm as long as we walk with Him, as long as we trust in Him and walk with Him. If I'm trusting in my riches, I will come to harm because I'm going to be disappointed at some stage because I'm not so rich for a start, right? But you know what? God wants us to walk with Him, to trust in Him, and He will be that shield for us. Psalm 91 he who dwells, he who dwells, who lives in the secret place of the Most High, walking close to God, dwelling in the secret place of the Most High, shall abide. I mean, an old-fashioned word, but again, it's about living in the, under the shadow of the Almighty. He wants to be a shield for us. He wants to be, in South Africa, we used to have this Sunlam advert, I think it was, and it was, you saw this big, great big yellow umbrella, and, and, and uh, it was protecting the people from the, the, the sun and the, ray and the rain and what have you. That is what God is for us. He wants to be this humongous umbrella over our lives that protects us, that there's blessing under there. But outside of the protection of God, there is a curse in the world. There just is. And God wants us to walk in his blessing under the shadow of the Almighty. You know the parable of that one lost sheep. You know how the shepherd leaves the 99 to go and find that one lost sheep. And, you know, even when we don't walk under God's ways, even when we don't, trust him, and we, we encounter troubles. He will come, and he will find us, and he will rescue us. But that's not his best for our lives. You know, when we do something, when, when we step out of his will and we get hurt, God will deliver us. God will take care of us. But what's done is done. God doesn't come with a, with a fairy dust and sprinkle fairy dust on our past and erase it. There's always consequences that we've got to carry into the future, and that's what God wants to protect us from. He says, let me shield you. Trust in me. Put your treasure in me and trust in me because I'm the one that can protect you. I can shield you from that stuff as you walk in my ways, as you walk in my ways. So don't be like that, that one lost sheep that wanders off by itself. There's always one. There's always one. Don't let it be you. Don't wander off. Stay safe. Stay under the shadow of his protection. Amen. So, God desires that we walk with him by walking in his ways. His ways which are so much better than our ways. But you know what? They are still his ways until 
they become our ways. They are God's ways until they become our ways. Ways, in other words, that we must learn and follow. We have to learn God's ways. We learn them. That's why he's given us this holy Bible. It is holy. It is sacred. It, it, his words on there are life-giving. They, are, they bring us to, to fullness and completeness. And it requires steps, steps, not jumps, not leapfrogs, not running, but steps of trust and obedience. In order to walk with God, we've got to walk in His ways. We've got to trust His ways are good for us. How can you, how can you obey somebody you don't trust? Unless you are forced, unless you're in the army or in something like that, but you're not going to obey somebody you don't trust. Obedience is one of the biggest tools of manipulators and controllers in this world today. You must obey so they can manipulate and control them. And when we hear that word, we, our natural instincts is to recoil because, I don't know, none of us really like that word, obedience. <laughs> but God, you can trust. You can trust God and you can obey Him because you trust Him. Because you trust Him. When God says to us, no, when God says, no, silly, you, you can't have her, she's already married. No, you can't steal that money, you can't take the money, that would be stealing. This is where our submission has to come in. This is where we obey him. But that submission, that obedience has got to be motivated by trust, or else it's going to be a rusty, rigid old law. And if it is, you can be sure at some point in time, the temptation will be too great and you'll break that law because it's just a law. It's not a heart thing. Where's your treasure? Your heart won't be there following God. Your heart will want that thing more than to take God's word. Proverbs 3.5 Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, in all your ways, Acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. He will direct your paths into his ways. When you trust in him, and you acknowledge him in all your ways, he will lead your paths into his ways. You know what? There are areas in life where we will be, <clears throat> excuse me, tempted to disobey God, for sure. We all have areas of weakness. We all have our Achilles heel. We all have it, and we have to recognize them. We have to know our weaknesses. We have to know who we are. How am I wired? What makes me tick? <clears throat> because not everything that makes me tick, and not every way that I was, was wired, is necessarily good or God's way. James says it like this in James 1, verse 12. He says, blessed is the man who endures temptation. I want you all to say this, endures temptation. Say it with me, endures temptation. Again, endures temptation. He doesn't say blessed is the man who overcomes temptation. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. Do you know what? You and I will still be tempted on the day we're going home to be with the Lord in various areas of life. It, it is who we are. It's the way we are wired. You know, 
Paul said in Philippians 3.12, not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. We will never be perfected this side of eternity. There will always be that thing, that thing that will, that will lure us, that will tempt us to step outside of the will of God. But you know what? Now, now, though, now we have something called the fruit of the Spirit operating in our life. I've got something called self-discipline working on my behalf. I've got, I've got the Spirit of God who's, who's teaching me. We looked at this last week in Romans 8. I've got the Spirit of God in my life teaching me how to put to death the deeds of my flesh, my own selfish ways. I'm learning to crucify my flesh, to live in God's ways and not in my ways. But we will, I'm sorry, but we will face temptation until we go home to be with the Lord. Jesus was tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. Do you recall when he was tempted in the, in the wilderness when he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights and the tempter came and he tempted him and tempted him and tempted him? And it says at the end of that that he left him for a more opportune time. Even Jesus was tempted. And the devil didn't just give up on him and walk away. He left him until, Jesus, until he found Jesus in a place of weakness again. And we don't really hear about temptation again until just before Jesus is betrayed. And he's talking to his disciples in John 15 around there, and he says, listen, but the ruler of this world is now coming for me, but he's got nothing in me, but he's got nothing in me. Listen, but we will still be tempted. If you are the Christ, come down from the cross right until his death. If you are the Christ, prove yourself. Tempting, tempting. The tempter will always come and tempt you, and just the way we are wired. There's things that, 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 that we will always want. And it's easy to submit to God's ways, and it's easy to submit to God's counsel when, when that, that thing that's trying to tempt me looks toxic to me in some way, you know? If, if that fruit looks toxic, if, it, if it's a rotten fruit, or if, or, if it's, or if it's not really a temptation, I mean, you can't tempt me with a cigar. I don't care if it's a Havana cigar or it's a local cigar. It's not a temptation. But put a chocolate cake in front of me, and you can tempt me, right? It's the way I'm wired. You know, I... I might in desperation be tempted to, to steal from my boss. I won't. Trust me, I won't, right? But I wouldn't steal from the mafia. Because I know, you know, bad guys, they're going to break my knees or something, you know? But, but you know, you won't. You, you, there's things that are, it's easy to submit when you can see that way is toxic, when you can see there's going to be a bad result for me if I do that. But how do we trust and obey God when that forbidden fruit is pleasing to the eye? When it looks pleasing to the eye, like with Eve, that the fruit was pleasing to the eye. How do we obey when it's, what about my rights? But it's my right. They, they should respect me. It's my right. And God says, no, just love them. Pray for them. When it's my right. How do I submit to God and his counsel when that forbidden fruit doesn't look forbidden? Because, you know, that forbidden fruit that Eve, that Eve partook of, it, it wasn't forbidden because it looked bad because it looked toxic. It was forbidden because God said it was forbidden. You know, that poisoned chalice, that poisoned apple, you don't know that it's poisoned until you partake of it, until you, until you eat into that thing, until, and, and then you know, but, but then it's too late. And God wants to be a shield for us. He wants to be a shield for all who will trust in him. He wants to protect us from those unintended consequences of walking in our ways and not walking in his ways. Proverbs 14, 12 says, There's a way 
that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. There's a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof is the way of death. So God wants to protect us from the pain of following our ways. He says, trust in me. Walk with me. It takes trust. It takes faith. You know, we even look at Enoch. We spoke about Enoch in the first message, I think. And there's this guy, he's a, he, this, this, this strange person you don't hear much about. It just tells us in Genesis 5, I think 24, it says, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. This guy didn't even taste death. God took him because he walked with God. And we don't hear anything about him, really, other than the fact that he's the father of Methuselah. Methuselah is the oldest guy that ever lived. And this sounds to me like there's some kind of blessing in that, that your child would be the oldest person to ever live. It sounds like there's health and blessing passed on to your descendants. But, but we don't hear anything much more about him apart from in, in Hebrews 11. And it tells us that, that, um, that, that Enoch walked with God and that um, uh, because he had, and God took him because he had this testimony that he pleased God. And in Hebrews 11, 6 says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. So Enoch walked with God. How? By faith. He pleased God because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Go and meditate on yourself. Have a look at Hebrews 11, 5 and 6. Have a look into the life of Enoch. There's very little written, but it's so it captures my imagination. You know, to walk with God requires faith. It requires a degree of trust. We've got to trust that his ways are indeed better than our ways. That when he says, forgive your enemies, instead of going and getting revenge against your enemies, that his ways are better. So, trusting God through sin and failure. We can trust God through temptation. And what happens when we fail? What happens when we, when we do miss the mark? Will he keep me? Can I trust him to keep me even when I miss it? Even when I stumble and fall, will he just walk on by and leave me groveling? Or will he wait for me? Will he lift me up? Proverbs 24, 16, For a righteous man may fall seven times and will rise again. A righteous man, a man in right standing with God, will fall seven times. And, it's not, and, that, and that number seven, they say, depicts the number seven is meant to depict the number of perfection. It's like, it's completeness. It's, it's just like, a righteous man is going to fall. You will fall from time to time. But he will rise again. The Lord will pick you up. He won't leave you down. James says in James 3, he says, we all stumble in many things. If anyone doesn't stumble in word, he just picks on our words. If anyone doesn't stumble in word, then he's a perfect man, also able also to bridle the whole body. Who of us doesn't stumble in word at some stage? You know, especially when you speak a lot. That's why I don't speak a lot. But I tell you what, we all stumble in many ways. And so what do we do when we find ourselves, when we catch ourselves out of God's ways? What do we do? How quickly can you be forgiven? When you catch yourself walking out of God's ways, whether it's, whether it's meditating on, 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 on someone else's demise who's wronged you or, 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 or some act of revenge or whatever the case might be, right? How quickly we can accept forgiveness is, is the most important thing. You know, the, 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 the goal of sin is to, is to bring a wedge between you and God through guilt and condemnation. 
there is an enemy of our soul. And sometimes we just muck up ourselves. We just make the mistakes ourselves as well. But nevertheless, that thing produces sin. And the, and, and the result of sin is to bring guilt, to bring condemnation, so that we run from God. But God says to us, run to Him. When we sin, when we catch ourselves messing up, run to God. Don't run from Him. We have a great high priest who can empathize with us. We can come to Him boldly to find grace, to receive grace and find mercy to help in time of need, no matter what that time is. Psalm, uh, sorry, 1 John 1 9 says that when we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and, and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Do you know what? God is for you today. God is madly in love with you. The Bible says you are the apple of His eye. He's taken the time to know everything about you. He knows every hair on your head, Byron. Every hair on your head, Roz. He knows you. He knows your thoughts. That's the signs, it's the signpost of somebody who loves you, who wants you to walk with him, who wants you to be near to him. But it's your choice and my choice. He, he doesn't force his will on anybody. God wants you to walk with him today. But to do so, you're going to have to trust in him. And start where you are today. Start where you are. It's not a matter of being anywhere. It's not a matter of being anywhere. We, that song we sang there, Come As You Are, bring your addictions, bring your, bring your failures, bring your whatever it is. We come as we are to God today, but just come in honesty. Just come in truth and honesty. Be as honest with yourself about yourself as you can be. And come to God as you are and say, this is where I am today. I know where I am. On, now I know, now because I know where I'm on the map, I can ask Google to tell me how to get to where I need to get to. Now I know where I am with God. Now God can take me forward where he wants me to go to. But we've got to, we've got to determine where we are today. I'm going to finish with this. I'm going to let Angram Lots have the final word on this. I shared this last week and I thought it was so good. The daughter of Billy Graham and uh, a, a wonderful woman of God who, who's written a lot of really good books and ministers beautifully along the lines of, of, of um, walking with Jesus. And she says, once a week, I walk with a friend. We have two rules that we follow. We must walk at the same pace and we must walk in the same direction or we won't be walking together. And the same rule applies to walking with God. We must walk at his pace which is step-by-step obedience to his word, and we must walk in his direction, which is the surrender of our will to his. Isn't it time you took a walk with God? So church, that's it. We're going we're gonna to wrap up the series there. And um, I just want to encourage you. I want to, uh, the one thing that's come through this morning to me just while we're worshiping and spending time with God, is, is God's amazing, overwhelming love for us greater than anything you can imagine. The fact that God knows you and me as individuals. He knows the things that hurt me. He knows the things that, 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 um, that inspire me. He knows everything about you. He knows when you were born. He knows, he knows where you are right now. 
He cares for you beyond anything else. He cares for you beyond imagination. And He wants you to walk with Him. 